Hello and welcome to another Cage Club Revisited. This is episode 41, Zondali from 1991. Happy Valentine's Day, Mike. Hello, hello. Oh, yeah. Happy Valentine's Day. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And this, to celebrate Valentine's Day, we have the most romantic Nicolas Cage movie of all time, Zondali, a movie in which he and Erica Christensen, we think, unless we got her name wrong, are just naked the entire time, banging each other, and, you know, stealing his... <laughs> he steals her from Judge Reinhold, so... Brad and Brad's bud. Brad and Brad. Brad's Bud Reunion. So we uh, we covered this in episode 17 of our original Cage Club run. So if you want to listen to our thoughtful, I guess, episode about this weird movie, uh, was, go listen to that. That was a surprise for both of us, I'll tell you that much, when we first saw it. This episode, like all of the revisited episodes, is meant to be listened to while we watch the movie. We are watching the Region Zero import from China. That's this is right. the only one that we could buy. Joey, how long until this gets an Ultra HD release? Oh god, I hope any day now. <laughs> I don't think it's actually going to happen now. We're having subtitles on If you want to go to cageclub.me slash games, download a Cage Club bingo card, play along. We're going to be talking about that, but Mike, if you want to play, press play in Ready? three, two, one, play. Playing. And we are off to the races. Alright, this is actually the second logo. I couldn't pause the first one. So it's Electric Pictures. If you're watching the Classic. same DVD as us, and here comes... I remember it starts with this music. So since we last recorded a Cage Club Revisit, when we did three in December, back-to-back-to-back for the January releases, uh, two big things have happened. We've launched... The Tom Tom Club officially, which is our Tom Cruise, Tom Hanks episodes. Yes. And Kyle and Brian, the Hoff Bros themselves, right. have begun their own endeavor. P.S. I still love Hoffman, which is like this, except about Philip Seymour Hoffman movies. That's so, right. we still don't know who listens to these episodes. If you're listening, email mailbag at cageclub.me. But if you're tired of our voices, but like the idea of this, mm. or just like Philip Seymour Hoffman movies. Oh, Erica Anderson, not Erica uh, Christensen. Uh, so Erica Anderson from Twin Peaks. Yes. If Twin Peaks like Connection, do you have it? Philip Seymour Hoffman. Ooh, do I? Oh, I have the X-Files one. I don't think I do. Okay. Uh, but if you like Philip Seymour Hoffman movies, or apparently just Paul Thomas Anderson movies, <laughs> uh, go go listen to P.S. I Still Love Hoffman. Oh, that's this? right. And Steve Buscemi as like the magical garbage man or something. Yes. And all flooding back. Joe, Joe Pan and Leone. That's right. Crazy. Awkward sex scene. Just going to cross it off preemptively. I know this starts with Zondali dancing nude. I'm just waiting for her to hit the screen. This was Judd Reinhold's, like, passion project at the time or something. That's how I discovered that it online. That sounds about right, that he really wanted to do this for whatever reason. It's a weird, weird, weird movie. It's Overt super, sexism across cool. that all. There's a lot of sort of that deep southern Nolens type American gothic stuff going on in this movie. <laughs> her name is Zondali, right? Yeah. So titular line spoken across that off. Wow, you're 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 jumping ahead. I know. I just don't think I'm going to win this, but Well, your average is way better than mine. I, oh, look I'm, how I'm smooth. Very good at this game. Cage Club Bingo. So it's funny to watch this through a PS4 on a fifty inch screen TV with like <laughs> it's so smoothed out. I feel like this movie was made for no one to ever watch it. Like, let alone in twenty nineteen on a four K TV. You know, it's it's Nolans. Yeah, no, this was just this was for the uh, festival circuit. You know, like this was never gonna get like a theatrical there he release. Is. Wow, so soon! With but we don't hair. even know it's him. You know, like we haven't seen this front. Mm-hmm. We just know his back. Yep. We discover later that that is his hair, where he has the one of the greatest entrances in film history. He's got really good facial hair in this too. He does a thing that he does in a lot of or a couple of movies at least, where he oh. like whips his hair yeah. literally back and There's forth. There's Andale. 
Yeah, he does the face-off headbang. The titular Zondali, uh adorned in green, watering her greens. So close to the man who's going to ruin her life in ways without her ever knowing it. What's this movie about? Um, Just relationships? Two best, fr- about this, the two best friends. Boy. Two best friends reconnect, and Judd Reinhold. I think his name is like Therry or something in this. Oh, he's, Terry, yeah, yeah Terry. he's in love with Zondali, and then Cage comes into town. They're old friends, and Zondali falls for Cage. Well, here she uh, is, full frontal, full frontal nudity. nudity. She's gorgeous. Uh, I thought she danced. If I was, I guess I'm mistaken. Shaving, but not Cage. So I have Cage shaves, but yeah, no, unfortunately. So yeah, it becomes like these two best friends fight over a girl. There she goes dancing. And they take it all the way down to the bayou, if you remember. Oh, and they, they do the famous waltz at the end together on the pier. Oh, I don't remember that oh, at all. Oh, just wait, just wait an hour and a half. This is very exciting. Later this month, we're going to do City of Angels, which is a different uh, sort of messed up love story. We were trying to do something a little thematic this month for Valentine's Day. You know, Cage in genuinely great rom-coms. I feel like we've covered most of them, and so this is... This is a lot of nudity. I did not remember. You don't remember? She's naked this entire movie. <laughs> I had forgotten. No, I knew it was coming and stuff, but I forgot like right off the bat. More dancing. What is this, here. Red Oak, season one, episode one? With oh, all the nudity. Man, <laughs> man, oh man. Go listen to Cinemakers. That season just wrapped a couple weeks ago as you listen to this. Who among us can withstand the... It's, it's like the lines are poetry in this movie. It's like they're trying to do Shakespearean sort of soliloquies here, but it's Yeah, American not. Shakespeare, like Deep South Shakespeare. Oh, boy, oh, boy. South Spear. Hmm? Erica Anderson was had a very, very small role in Twin Peaks. I think she was in... I think she was one of the contestants, maybe, in the Miss Twin Peaks oh, contest. I thought she was at the Roadhouse. I can't remember. I have to rewatch... Oh, she the, might have been at One-Eyed Jacks. I have to rewatch the first two seasons. I, I mean, I want to rewatch all of that, don't get me wrong, but I'm sort of saving it a little, because I know down... Down the line, you know, we talk about everything we always want to do, but Lynch is on that list. It's kind of high up on that list, but... I, I had a realization recently, in terms of, like, because we, we do talk about a lot about, especially with Cinemakers, like, not re, not, not watching things we're going to watch soon, mm-hmm. but I've started to re-rank, or started to rank, I guess, for the first time, my favorite movies of the 2000s, because the newest show in the Cape Club Podcast Network, Tub Talk, where uh, the guys from my fantasy baseball league take a drink, and I... Uh, Put pop culture in its proper order, and so we're we're working our way through music right now, where I'm just sort of moderating. Mm-hmm. But we're going to do favorite movies of the 2000s, and so I have this long list of movies that I love, and a lot of them I've only seen like once, and I, I sort of want to rewatch it. I'm like very, yeah. very, very high on the list from what I remember, but I've only seen it once. Is Edge of Tomorrow, which is a Tom Cruise movie. But we're you not going to get to that. You only saw that once, yeah. Wow. But we're not going to get to that for like a year and a half, yeah. And so I, I, I sort of had a realization recently that, like, mm-hmm. I'm not going to watch a movie for the first time. Like, I'm not going to go out and watch Splash or Bachelor Party. Right, because we're so Because close. we're going to cover that in, like, a month or two. You know what I mean? Yeah. Buscemi. Oh. But I will, like, I don't think there's a, really a problem in rewatching something, mm-hmm. even though it's essentially, like, watching it for the first time, but I don't know. No, I, I think I, I hear where you're, where you're at, and I was, I'm kind of going in that same direction, and I think me mentioning it about Twin Peaks just has reminded me, it's like, if we're not going to get to it for a while, why not watch it next week or something like that? Yep. You know, if I want to see it, it's not, there's no harm, no foul, or anything like that. Because so. I do think – I think there's value in a certain, to a certain extent mm-hmm. 
Oh, she's even like the this mannequin she's dressing is nude too. Like she just had the her, it's oh, right breast out. So she is that mannequin? Yeah, who knows? But I think there's value in like watching something for the first time and being able to talk about it like that that night. Mm-hmm. But I feel like there's if there's a movie that I really like that I haven't seen in a long time, but I've already seen it. It's not like like I know roughly the plot and like how the beats go in, in Edge of Tomorrow. Like I'm not really spoiling anything for myself. I don't no, know. yeah, no. I mean. I I saw that when it came out of theater, and then I saw it twice on on home video, you know. And now I own it because it's a great movie. So yeah, if I get the urge, you know, over the summer or whatever, I'll pop it on. Um, but no, I used to be way more strict with myself, where it was like oh, we're gonna get there, so just hold out. But no, I mean, there's really it might even be better to watch it more times so I have it fresh in my head. This is a great little shot of all of them with their fez on. Is that the plural of Fez? Just Fez? Is fez, Fez. I don't know. Because fez of is. the Z. Fez-I? Fez-I? I don't know. More nudity. Here he oh. is. Nicholas Cage. This is here. Still, we can't really hey, tell it's him. Johnny. Woo! Oh, woo! Now you know if you don't know. <laughs> um, wonderful, wonderful. God, that hair is just amazing. It's great how they recognize, like, he didn't even, they didn't even know they were going to be there. <laughs> He looks like he would have made a great devil with that look, right? I think we talked about that both in this movie and in the one where Charlie Sheen plays the devil. Like it sort of it all Deadfall. fits. It fits in that wheelhouse. It's around that same era too. Oh, he could still. I mean, don't get me wrong. He could still play the devil. I'm just saying, like he I looks. Mean, Will like Smith play the devil. Nicholas Cage <laughs> play the devil. Uh, Cage steals something. Uh, Zondali. So I'm crossing that off. Woman finds him. Oh, uh, incredibly attractive or whatever. I mean, that's going to happen with Zondali too, but... Cage licking whipped cream off this stripper's nipples. I don't have a great car. I mean, he, if he was wearing a fez, I'd, I'd coin wacky oh, wardrobe. I have, I have oh, it's just, it's just wacky wardrobe in general, so... Yeah. Cage wears a hat, so he fez. puts a fez on. I'm going to get a box. But, oh, so the other reason I've been sort of itching for Edge of Tomorrow... Oh, you um, know, I'm, we're mentioning it so much. I'm just going to watch it tonight. I know that's going to happen like as soon as you leave. But I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was telling you about there's uh, so in in Letterbox we we talk about Letterbox a lot. Letterbox is the social media for films, and Letterbox in their year in review for 2018 sent out a newsletter, and in there were a handful of videos that people put together of like their best video, their best movies of the year, right? So David Ehrlich was in there. There was one from somebody. Somebody put together this this list that was basically the most boring list you could imagine. It's mm. like Roma, uh, like not that these are bad movies. But no, like, but like Roma, obvious. Green Book, Black Klansman. It's like it's like yeah, I get it. Like <laughs> you you just took all of the ones that everybody says are good movies. Yeah. If Beale Street could talk, it's like yeah, First Reformed. Yeah, we get it. Like I, I want weird stuff. So then there was this one that I was telling you about, but we've not talked about it on the podcast. There's this podcast called Loose Cannons. C-A-N-O-N-S. Mm-hmm. That's rebranding to something else. But they had one where their number one was first reformed, but, like, Death Wish was three? And oh, like, but that's a, that's because they're into canon films. In Death Wish, there was, like, five Death Wish films, and they're all under the canon. I don't know if it's like, under canon films or if it's, or like... at least Death Wish 3 was a huge canon film. But, like, there's just there's weird, weird shit on their list, mm-hmm. and I was like, this is what I'm interested in. Cause, uh, that's cool. In addition to, like, it being really well edited... I was like, these have weird, like, you know, taste in movies that I really dig. And so the guy who put that together, one of the four hosts of the podcast, put together his 100 favorite movies of the century. And in one of them, uh, really high up is Edge of Tomorrow, and it's the 
I'm trying to remember. It's a Notorious B.I.G. song. I don't remember what it is, but it's the intro. Where it goes like it's like ah, mm, uh, uh, whatever. Oh, it's, hypnotize. It's, it might be hypnotized, but like, but it's her bending up in that. Oh, she's, nice. She's cutting. Yeah, yeah. Starting. Like yoga, the, like, oh, so like, fucking cool. And blanking. so I check. I I, I urge everyone to go to Vimeo, look up Loose Cannons, C A N O N S. Yes. And go check it out because um, there's really cool editing over there. But anyway, so they're going to be on Cage Club and Keanu yeah. Club and Too Fast. I, I was uh, checking out their site. I'm very hyped to talk to those guys. They they seem crazy about movies, so that's awesome. Uh, real quick, though, I didn't know this. Uh, Beale Street Can Talk, kid I went to high school, graduated with, is in that movie. Uh, Mike Zegan? Who, who did he play? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie yet, but he was also in Boardwalk Empire, and apparently he's getting like huge rave reviews. Now, I wasn't close friends with him, but I was very close friends with someone who was very close friends with him. So, like, I had met him. I had known oh, him. Oh, he's Miss Maisel, too. I'd, like, hung out. Oh, that's the one. Now, did I think, what I say, Beale Street? Uh, Miss Maisel's the one he was in. I'm sorry. Folks, I'm old. you got to understand. I'm old. It's past my bedtime. I'm trying to do the best he's I can. He's in Miss Maisel. He's in Brooklyn. He's in Boardwalk Empire. He was in Girls for three episodes. Francis Ha. Yeah, apparently he's blowing up now. So, I thought that was cool. I was like, holy... I read, like, a newspaper... It's just funny that, you know... Not to brag, but, like, we had a newspaper article last year. Uh, but, like, you know, someone from the same high school, you know, albeit doing much better than me, but, like, also in the newspaper, <laughs> many other different types of newspapers. But I don't know. I just That's always funny when someone you know is sort of hitting it. And then uh, I guess, I mean, eventually she'll be friend of the show, but friend – you know, producer friend of mine, Lisa, their company's producing Cage's next yeah. film. It's crazy. Like, that's two. So. Oh, you listened to the Hoff Bros uh, audio yes. commentary, right? Yes. They did pretty well, I thought. They were a lot more focused than we are. Well, because we're this, we're down the line. They had just started. They're, they're like those bushy-tailed, bright-eyed buddies. And they're watching a movie that they love. Not Zondaly. <laughs> Not that Zondaly doesn't have its moments or anything, but right. We didn't. I don't think we woke up saying we want to watch Zondaly today. No, but we're halfway through, essentially halfway through Cage Club Revisited, and you know, that's that's not all winners. I mean, I like this movie for what it is. Do I need to see it again? No, but you know, no. the, I would I would show it to somebody. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I would because it, it's one of those Cage oddities. Like it's just a movie. Nobody knows about it unless you're. I mean, it's a, uh, a, a Skinamax movie essentially with like more plot. But I mean, like even in the recent years, Vampire's Kiss has gotten a reputation. Like nobody still knows about Zondaly and the black paint scene, and you yeah. know all of that kind of stuff. Like people are just not aware. And of the it. fact that this is a movie where not only Nicolas Cage and Judge Reinhold, but also Joey Pants and Marissa Tomei, Steve Buscemi, like it has really? like actual. Like this is same time where Marissa Tomei has won an Academy Award. Yeah. This should have been like um, my cousin Vinny. Now that you know we're recording this, it's Sundance right now. I don't know. If there's some really exciting news about some really cool movies being talked about online and yep. everything. But like this, back in the day, is what you would get, like at a Sundance Jesus. or something like that. So try and picture how much it's changed. Um, you know, people went out of their way to make these slow, esoteric, independent films about friendship. That not that they're not supposed to be good movies, but that just rarely are. Right. And they're usually scattered with these bizarro casts. Yeah. 
God, like he's. It feels like that's kind of like his. I, I mean, I'm not. I'm not able to hear every one of his lines because it's. You know, we're watching with the subtitles on, but like his delivery sort of sounds like he's channeling a few different ones of his characters. You know what I mean? Like it's sort mm-hmm. of like a southern guy, but also kind of a California guy, but also kind of like a criminal. And, you know, all these different kind of deliveries and combinations of different characters he's played. I feel you know, like, like, like we said, this is episode 17, so this is relatively early in his career. Mm-hmm. We're about a decade into him being an actor. I mean. Maybe this is around the time he started falling in love with Nolans, and he just hadn't really developed that Nolans yeah, draw yet. That he'll because I think in Seeking Justice and in Protocol New Orleans, I feel like he's at least attempting to sound like he's from the area a little more, or like put on a little or even stolen. Like any other time he's in New Orleans, I feel like he's trying to sound a little more like he's from there. But this is still early, relatively early Cage, so. Yeah, it feels like he's testing out a couple different things, maybe, but a lot of the stuff sounds like it comes back. Like, I feel like I hear a little bit of Little Junior, and then in a few movies, he's really going to do Little Junior full on. Like, that kind of thing shines through. Well, before we were, you know, before we started recording this, we were doing an episode of Bosom Buddies for Hanks for the Memories, which is out now, if you want to go check that out. Uh, But also, while we were waiting to sort of start that, we were just watching TV and Couples Retreat was on, and I had never seen that, but I was looking up, and Malin Ackerman was in there. I was like, mm-hmm. I really want to watch Stolen again, because <laughs> it's one of those movies that, like, I know, on the scale of, like, best to worst, it's much closer to worst than best, but, mm-hmm. like, I really, I don't know why, I really enjoy that movie. Me too. I really enjoy Seeking Justice. Yep. Oh, so, you know, it's funny, because when we, when we were just, uh, I was on your lap for Too Fast, Too Furious recently to do that. And I had always thought that the guy who played Carter Verone was the same guy from Stolen. Oh, yes. But yes, they yes. just look extremely similar. So I, halfway through this viewing of Too Fast, I was like, oh, it's not Blade Runner. Cause that's what I ended up calling the guy from Stolen. Oh, yeah, of course. Because he had the, the blades for legs and stuff. Um, yeah, that was just, oh, there he is. There's Joey Pants. Wow. I don't remember this at all. It's like Zondali's gay friend. I, you know what's the most striking about this? His hair. I, I don't think I've ever seen Joey Pants with hair. Oof. And he's usually wearing pants. That's why it's called Joey Pants, but now he's in a dress, so he should be Joey Dress. <laughs> and, Joe, bar, and the bar, Joey bar. next to me has just grown so hard, he put a hole in the floor. I just rolled my eyes so hard <laughs> that they fell out of my head. This actually reminds me, and this is, again, sort of being stereotypical in a little bit, but it reminds me, because you don't see this a lot, where it's like a very masculine actor in drag, aside from Bosom Buddies. But I was just going to say, where are you going there? was Sweet November, which we covered for both Keanu oh, and yeah. Charlize, where, you know, uh, so. Michael Rosenbaum and his other guy were the downstairs neighbors. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So. I was getting a little love, he knows you're alone vibe, because they're in a dress shop. Mm. <laughs> um. So, a Cage Club Podcast Network crossover. I mean, we've mentioned a bunch, but does the movie have anybody in it that's crossed over yet? This movie? Yeah. Like, um, oh, well, Judd Reinhold with Cinemakers. Duh. Like, Judge? Um, Judge Reinhold. Well, yeah, with Cinemakers. Yeah, and I mean, even Cage. Like, well, Joey Pants is in the Matrix. So, yeah, Keanu time. Okay, so I'm good on that. Uh, a friend asked me recently, just tw- uh, messaged me the other day, you know, what is what movie represents the '90s most? Do you think? So I just shot back immediately. The Matrix. I was like, The Matrix. It's the culmination of everything, yeah. basically. You know, and then from then on, it was never the same. Sort of reaching an apex. I mean, the '90s were sort of about like 
a little, I mean, I guess every decade in a sense is about excess, but it feels like the 90s were about excess in a specific kind of way. Extreme. Getting extreme was yeah. like a thing. Like every, even, not just movies, but like Doritos became extreme. You the know what I mean? Doritos. Like everything. The, yeah. Did you say the three Doritos? 3D Doritos. Oh, 3D Doritos. I thought like the three amigos, the three Doritos. Oh, I would love that. I should cover the three amigos just because there's a three in the title on Third Times of Charm. Start doing that. Like, <laughs> there's threes. I feel oh. like he's very far away to be painting him, but, you know, what's, it is what it is. Odds that Cage actually painted that? What do you think? 40, 60. <laughs> we just watched, you know, 37 episodes of Bosom Buddies where Tom Hanks plays mm-hmm. a painter, so that's a little bit of a crossover there. Well, yeah, these guys are best friends like Kip and Henry. They're Bosom Buddies. And this is Sonny? Mm-hmm. Sonny, 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 Sonny. Who is it? I feel like there's a lot of cards on the spingo or squares on the spingo card that I'm not going to get, but I feel like I was off to such a good start, and yet it all fell flat. Well, bad accent if you have that for Judd Reinhold's accent. That's coming through clear. <laughs> well, I'm definitely going to do accents, accent, because, accentuating an oddly specific word. He goes, Zan, come in here. Like, he's already into the crawl, daddy. He's a, Dapper Southern gentleman, he does. He does declare. <laughs> I'm going to preemptively cross off crazy eyes because that's going to happen at some point if it hasn't happened already. Cage, Cage freaks out when he pours the paint all over his body. Yep, Steve Buscemi is like the like, angel garbage man. Yet, right? Like it's just not really in the town, and they're hanging out. Yeah, and they're sort of reminiscing. And he's telling her about, like, she's into him. So she's like, what's... Zondali's into Terry? I think... I Cage. Think Zondali's... Well, Zondali and Terry are together, but she's into Cage. So, so all that's going on now is they're kind of informing each other about who each other are, right? So like, who's that? Oh, that's Zondali. She's my lady. Oh, who's that? Oh, that's my best friend. We go way back. There's like a lot of that going on. <laughs> is it just me or does it seem like Zondali is made to look older when she's in clothes? <laughs> uh, well, she definitely feels restricted, right, when she's in her clothes, like, like they're her, her bondage, here, like the hair yeah. back, and because she's a free spirit, you can't contain Zondali, you know, and that's what Terry can't understand, I guess. By the end, is he, don't try and cage this bird. And by the way, like since I only watched this movie once, not no idea what the actual plot with like what's going on with anybody. Why Cage rolled into town? Why? What's going on with Terry other than Zondali? Mm. I'm gonna pull a uh, Brian of High School Summer Party. Oh, you gonna read the uh, back of the box? I'm just gonna read the uh, the. Oh, actually, yeah. Where's the DVD case? Oh, actually, yeah, it's over there by there. TV, right? Yeah. First on top of the stack. So check out High School Summer Party. Go check out Brian on our two episodes of Bosom Buddies for Hanks for the Memories. Here we go. Oh, it's in Chinese. It's also in English. Oh, you see? Okay. (laughs) Bored with her marriage to burnt-out poet-turned-corporate executive Terry, Judge Reinhold, Zondali, Eric Anderson, falls prey to an old friend of her husband, the manipulative and egotistical Johnny, Nicholas Gage, and becomes enmeshed in a sensual, passionate, and destructive affair. For Zondali... 
the moment of truth arrives with a terrifying finality. Mm. So she's just got this bored housewife affectation, and Cage is literally a burst of life that has entered her world and offers an alternative to the, you know... Still stagnant. Yeah, yeah, Terry, who... Has lost his love and lust for the word, and his. Oh, there are peaches in this, aren't there? When he's like talking oh. about, remember? Uh, yeah, I think yeah. this is a movie where he's talking to Judge Reinhold about like things just in general. He mentions he's like, holding a peach or something, and they're basically talking about Zondali without actually referencing yes. Zondali. I think. Yeah. I think in this office, I think that's why you know what reminded me. But we'll see. How I remember that, I don't know. How did Terry end up in this? Boring-ass, dead-end job when he's a poet, man. He should be out there. Well, I mean, it's just the same thing as Bosom Buddies. This is Bosom Buddies. True. Yeah, you know? this is basically the feature version, the feature film version <laughs> of Bosom Buddies. <laughs> Two seasons in a movie. <laughs> Jesus. Um, yeah. His, his accent is not sticking through here. Terry? Well, it was like Therry or something. I mean, it's Canadian, I think. But no, it's it's Nolans. It's French. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, okay. Same same right? sort of... That's where I'm... Yeah. Like Therry. Because I think of Channing. You know what I mean? Like, that is a... Right? Like, that's a Alabama, southern... Yeah. Southern boy. Like, it's a... Yeah, it's like a gentleman's name. Like, I feel Norwich like someone... Strip club. Someone in the Statesman would be named Therry, right? Like... That kind of thing, where it's just, yeah. In what? The Statesman? Like, Kingsman? Statesman? Oh, the states, the, the American version, yes. Yeah. Sure. Joey Pants again. More sex Wait, and nudity. Wait, a man and a woman? Oh, they're, yeah. Are they wearing those beads that you throw away at Mardi Gras just for, like, on a normal day? I mean, it is New Orleans in a movie. You know who would actually... Whoa. Yikes. Simulated oral. Uh, you know who would actually fit well in this is Sunny. I could see... Like, this and Sunny kind of have... Well, a, I mean, she's the beautiful, you know, statue. The same vibe to it, right? Yeah. yeah. It's like the... He's like the boy version of Zondali or something. I don't know. But she's not... She's not a call guard. She's not a working lady or anything like that, but... Just the vibe I get. This is weird, man. It's like turning it to some kind of like dance orgy. What is? I don't. <laughs> it was very tangentially related to everything. Like I don't know. I don't know what this is serving other than just like requisite nudity. You know Wait, I mean? everybody's getting naked now. Is this where? Did they just wander in here, or is Joey Pants taking her here? Well, I don't think Joey Pants is into her. No, no, but like, it seems very open. It seems like a. Is it okay. a gay bar? Like that's why. I mean, I don't know what's happening. I didn't know. Check that's a, oh, that's a, a guy? That's an AIDS joke, I guess. Yeah, that's a effeminate looking guy, but yeah. I, is that like a, afraid of him having a disease to like check his donor card? I don't know. Uh, oh, I don't I don't know. Oh, I thought that was the, maybe that guy's gay and she's straight and she kissed him. I don't know. I wish there was more clarification. Oh, I do remember that. this though, where where she comes home drunk and giddy and you know, this I guess that was her taste of like there's more to life than just being married to this Oh, I see. Yeah, live a little moment or something. But he's also like, oh my god, my wife is so beautiful and so fun. 
Yeah, really, dude. You got to quit that job and just stick with Zondaly. Well, she's about to get naked again because she hasn't been naked in 20 minutes, so... No, they were just hanging out on Bourbon Street, Joey. That was just an average day on Bourbon Street, apparently. Any place you go. Jeez, I... It's really weird. Like, I didn't... You don't remember this? No, I don't remember how gratuitous it's like, just I, like... I remember her being... Like, I remember... Like, she's actually wearing more clothes again. He's now fully naked, too. Oh, my gosh. I don't remember seeing his bush. Jesus. Look, whatever, it's fine, but I mean, it just, I wasn't... Like, she's honestly wearing more clothes in this movie than I thought. Like, I remember her being naked, like, the entire time. I also think this might be, you might see a little bit of Cage Dong in this movie, too, I think. So, like, how isn't this more well-known as just the movie where someone's naked the entire time, and it has Nicolas Cage in it, and you might see his dong? Like, it's crazy. There is a, a gay version of Mr. Skin. I don't remember what it's called, but I'm sure that, like, the, maybe, you know, there's got to be dudes who are very gonna, into Cage. And, is this real sex? No, I don't think so. Oh, they don't end up doing it. Oh, okay, yeah. That, that's happened, though, on screen, which I was very surprised rarely. to find out, yeah. though. Yeah. I mean, well, obviously, Nymphomaniac with Shia, right? When we watched that, didn't they do it for real in that movie? I don't know. I mean, like, there's... There, I, there's always, like, clickbait lists. There's, like, five times of that might have... Like, I think, like, Kim Basinger and Alec Baldwin, like, together, like, well, might have been, like, there's, a it's, or something. Christian Slater tells a story about losing his virginity on camera. What? Yeah, he said he lost it while filming a movie. Jesus. Yeah. So... That's one way to do it, I guess. I forget what movie that was. should look that up, but... There's this movie that I've never seen, but I know about it because it's infamous. Did you know the, the Brown Bunny? Where Chloe Sevigny gives it to oh, a blowjob on the yeah, yeah. Like, I just don't understand, like, I guess that's art, but it's also, like, why, like... Oh, realism, right? Like, if you really show that, then I guess the rest of the movie has... But no, not necessarily. Like, that's, gravitas. I think... I think that's the implication. That's what they're... That's what the director always seems to be going for. Well, if this is real, if we do this for real, then everything else will be taken as realistic, right? And, yeah. Hmm, there's other ways to do that, I feel. With sex, but she's touching herself. Oh my gosh! I don't remember this. Me neither. This is like, or do I? No, she's she's sobbing and crying while she's masturbating. I would have remembered that. I remember what's on the back of the cover, which is when when fingering her in the alley. Cage finger bangs her in the alley. It's on on the DVD. The DVD case. Like what? TF. Oh, yeah, and she doesn't know why he won't fuck her. Well, he can't get it up because he's artistically drained, right? <laughs> like, that's, the, that's the thing, though? Because he's no longer a poet. He can't get a hard-on because he works for the man in a corporate dead-end job. And and that's just not what Zondali signed up for. It's not the man she fell in love with. Boy, oh, boy. They're going to great lengths to not show his dick. He's like, even he's holding like... a gecko. <laughs> Again, you know, we were just, you mentioned it earlier, but like 18 years later when we we're back here for Portocol in New Orleans, there's the, uh... Oh, right. More lizards. More lizards. New Orleans and uh, amphibians have a long history in movies, apparently, in Nicolas Cage movies. Connections. That's a big barge. That's why you listen to Cage Club Revisited, so we can make comparisons between this and protocol in New Orleans. Zondali running again. I guess she's got nothing to do. She's just like a bored housewife, but, you know. Well, she works at that dress shop for a while, right? A couple hours a day at least. But I can understand why she's not 
fulfilled, I guess, you know? Like, oh, is she going to dodge it? I don't remember. I think she just wants to... Ooh, a little racing the moon there action. The train dodge. Right? It's a little bit, yeah, it's it? a little bit of... It's that, but it's also, I'm also thinking now Rocky Four. Like, if, if oh. I die, I die. <laughs> All right. Not quite Rocky Four, but sort of like she, she just doesn't care. She like she just wants she needs excitement in her life. You know what I mean? She needs the girl with the Drago tattoo. Girl with the Drago tattoo. See if I could get lower than that. Let's see. If he dies, he dies. Nah, I, I I could get lower than that. Oh, literally a steal, Bushemi, because you stole it. Whoa! Oh, visible tattoo. Oh yeah. Yeah, those glasses are something else. Oh, I like that. Got the pouty pout. look. Yeah. <laughs> the Black wow. Rose of Fate. Mike, I know what your next tattoo is going to be. The Black Rose of Fate. Well, honestly, considering getting that Roadrunner from from uh, Raisin Arizona, like I feel like, and again, this is sort of goes into your nitpick a little bit of tattoos and movies, like. That's a very prominently placed tattoo to be so small and the only one in his yeah, arm. Yeah, it looks, it's like, not it's good like at all. It's always visible like a, in a t-shirt, <laughs> yeah. but it's a small little black rose of fate. So, yeah, it's a know. tiny little thing. No. Like, I feel like if that was your only one, like, it would probably be like, you know. Or if you get it that size, it would probably be on your wrist, right? Like, that or, looks or like, or like a wrist tattoo. or something? Like, somewhere that's not. Up. No, yeah. That's just odd placement. It's but. a tiny little thing. This is a nice painting, though, I, fi- I think. of It's a good likeness. I don't does he know. like it or does he not like it? I don't know. I thought he liked it. Hey, Mikey, I think he likes it. Although it kind of looks both like Judge Reinhold and also a little bit like Cage. Yeah. Or Maybe that's what they're going for. They're one and the same. But we mentioned before, I don't know if we were recording or not, but you said this is Brad and Brad's bud from Fast Times. Yeah, how crazy Cage is that? Cage is supposed to be the Judge Reinhold part, but he wasn't old enough to work... He wasn't 18 yet, so he couldn't work the full, you know, the full hours required for fast time. So they hired Judge Reinhold, and they just gave Cage the Brad's Bud part. So he's in like four scenes for like 20 seconds, maybe in total. I think they're very interesting together in this oh, movie. Oh, look at that! You can't Judge do that. Next room over. Wait, what were we watching? Where it was a movie we talked about, where they were like, it was this was happening. Oh, it was for Charlize. Okay. It was maybe the Stuart Townsend movie about World War Two, where they were like banging in the next room over. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. When she gets locked in the uh, cell at the end at the bottom of the yes. stairs. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yikes. What was that movie called? Um, Head in the Clouds? No. Yes. 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 Head in the Clouds. Wow. What a poll. Good one. Stuart Townsend. There's that accent again. My own apartment. Yeah, this guy he's talking to looks, he, he's like, to me, what I think of sometimes when I think of typical Nolans, we're like, well, look, yeah, like, I'll tell you the deal. <laughs> like, he's, he's just a look at him. He's like a really big guy and like, I don't know. He's got like that authority role. Yeah, come spend a weekend. Imagine Zondali at the camp in Mississippi with this guy's family. 
a dude's drinking white wine in a movie is kind of like a, <laughs> not necessarily a power move, but kind of a power move. I didn't think Zondalee would be the type of person to have an umbrella. She'd just let the rain get her wet and then take her clothes off when she gets home. Is Key just waiting in a cab for her? I think he's just like kind of stalking her Wait, out. Wait, he just, so instead of money, he gave she gave she, the homeless guy her yeah, umbrella? Yeah, that's a Zondalee move. I feel that. He's not even using it. Oh, no, it was a truck. It wasn't a cab. Why was he in the passenger seat? That was some line. Spare a quarter for an altar boy, baby. Oh, that's religion or spirituality. Well, he's going to end up cursing in church in this one. Cage trapping her. We're inevitable. We're inevitable. That's like a Agent Smith's line. I'm gonna shake you naked and eat you alive, Zondali. Don't say my name, Johnny. She wants Kate. Say my name. Say my name. Because really, this is like you know something, something, something. Gonna so this finger movie, blast the you. Came out, so he did Wild at Heart, Firebirds, this. Honeymoon in Vegas. What a weird, Ooh. weird little stretch. Is this the scene where he fingers her in the alley? I don't know. Well, they're in an alley. And it feels Probably. like... Probably. Oh, I think it is, because I remember that gate closing. He just, is there consent here? No. I don't think so. Well, he, she's not... Yeah, she's not explicitly saying no, but she doesn't say okay. I feel like she feels overpowered by him. Like, if she doesn't comply, he's going to hurt her. He's very aggressive at first, you know? I also think, and not, you know, I think she both wants this and doesn't want this. You it's weird. It's like a very, it's tough. It's like. I mean, it's not a great character. No. Oh, there they go. I don't know why she was wearing him in the first place, her character. Just doesn't seem like the type of person who owns underwear, but what do I know? Once again, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> Email mailbag at cageclub.me. Let us know if you uh, have seen Zondali. If you... Oh, they cut away, so I guess that comes later. This is some aggressive banging. Very... Cage, what are you doing, Cage? <laughs> what is he doing? Very awkward. Whoa, rhythm. whoa, Cage. I hope that's just how the character I hope that's not what he's doing in real life. What? Oh man. Look Dude, at, what are you Look at his muscly body. You, Holy shit. Yeah, but who does Well, she's she's into it. Well, I mean, does she have a choice? Cage grunts. I I mean, look, I don't want to get too personal, but I'm way more gentle than that. I don't that is <laughs> That is some hate sex. That's what that felt like. Like, I'm going to bang my best friend's girl. No, I think that's more like I control you. It's weird. It's it's very aggressive. I don't know. <laughs> I, I just... I expected Cage to be more tender. Well, this isn't Sailor Lula. This is... No idea. No, totally not. This is Johnny. Johnny. Yeah. Wait, Johnny Collin, JC, Jesus Christ? Holy shit. Is this an allegory? <laughs> Honestly, like that, not like really a joke. 
I mean, is that why he looks like the devil, but his initials are JC? He also kind of looks like Jesus. But then again, if you think, yeah, I was just going to say, Jesus also had the goatee and long hair. Why does the devil always get, well, because the devil keeps it slick, I guess. Slick back. Whatever. A little finger paint, body painting. So this is their attempt at sort of like nine nine and a half weeks weeks where they're eating sex. They're doing paint sex. That was Bassinger and Rourke, right? I know it's Mickey Rourke going all the way down to the bush. It's just like there's so like <laughs> why would you do I, uh... And they're talking about Theri as they're doing this. Right. Cage post sex face is insane looking in this movie. <laughs> like I I get that, you know, if you're a young actress looking for a break, but like you read this script and you're like, this is the movie that I want to show my entire body to the entire world or to the 12 people at Sundance plus maybe two dudes who have seen it on, on DVD twice now. I mean, maybe. <laughs> I'm sure you and I have seen this the most out of anyone who wasn't involved in making it. Uh, I mean, it could have been for the money. It could have been for artistic satisfaction. I mean, you know, you know, it's hard to say who does what for what reasons. But when you're an actor and you really want to work... And you think that this project, I mean, for all intent and purpose, it seems like it's got integrity, you know, that they're going into it trying to make, like, a, a good movie, but... Again, I don't think it's bad. Like, I don't think this is a bad movie. I just think it's a very weird movie. Mm. And, yeah. It's it's a super 80s indie film, which just, you know, back then, like, it's hard to imagine, Joey, before Sex, Lies, and Videotape, it was a lot of this stuff. Like, this... That's why indie film wasn't popular. But this is after Sex Lies. Oh, is it? Oh, well, it must be right after, right? Sex Lies was 89, I think, and this was 91. Yeah, so this is... Okay, so this that makes even more sense. This is coming off of the frenzy. We have to make our intimate, quiet, sex-driven, you know, neurosis-rooted movie about friends. So this was Judd Reinhold's take on Sex Lies and Videotape. So he didn't direct it, but he wrote it. Is that the case? He, yeah, and produced it. He's a big. He's. I know he produced it, starred in it. Oh, there's Rosanna Arquette. Is that Rosanna Arquette? Take a look. Zondali. Oh no, it was not written by Judge Reinhold. He just co-produced it. Oh, then why does it have a rep of being his passion project? I don't know. Is that blonde Rosanna? No. Okay. That would have been crazy if it was Patricia or Rosanna. Arquette. Aaron Neville, Steve Buscemi, Marissa Tomei. Who's this blonde at the bar? Nobody else of note. So not her. I like how he's uh, chatting up the uh, padre at the bar. That guy's got a great little vest on. Is that Aaron Neville, I think? Yeah, I think that's him. Because he's playing a guy named Jack. Because he's, lo- he's a musician. He's right? got the, the quavering voice. like the. Oh, yeah, because look, here's the second picture on IMDb. It's him, <laughs> Zondali. This reminds me of how, like, when uh, Uncle Francis... Doesn't he usually cast, like, Tom Waits as, like, bartenders or something in his movies? Or he always casts him to be, like, his good luck charm or something? Oh, boy. 
I'll have what he's having. You know who Cage kind of reminds me of a little bit in this? And this might not make sense to me, but like Harry Connick Jr. He's doing a little, like I could see Harry Connick Jr. in that role in this movie somehow. I'm not saying like Harry Connick Jr. is a great actor or anything, but like he's a type. He can do a certain thing well, and he's from the area. So this seems like something in his wheelhouse. That's sort of... I don't know, someone with, like, bad intentions, you know, <laughs> that kind of guy. Like, some, someone more from, like, the copycat version instead of the uh, Independence Day version. Oh, there's more stuff. Oh, oh. What is that accent? She from New York? Oh, she's doing Marx Brothers. Oh, this is where he has sex with her on the washing machine, I think, right? Oh, while they're in the other room? Yeah. Raimi. Because they're both here, because he brought her, I guess, as his date. Yeah. But he's like, no, I mean, Zondaly's the girl for me. Let me illustrate this by... Oh, that's great. She stabs on the fork. And do you think he brought her to say to Zondaly, like, I could get any woman I want, but, like, I want you? Kind of like, look, I could be with Marissa Tomei, but I want you. I could be hot Aunt May before Peter Parker was even born. Oh, dude, she's Aunt May. He's Spider-Man Noir. Holy shit. And they're sharing a scene together. Love it. Did you hear that in Spider-Verse, there was originally, in one of the versions of the script, there was a scene that was... Tobey Maguire, Andrew Garfield, and Tom Holland. I, I heard that they had wanted to get a scene like that to happen. And they happen. realized it was going to be confusing as hell. And so yeah. It's like, we better not do this. Because, and then I heard it was boiled down to, let's just get, let's just do Tobey Maguire. And then it was like, no, let's not do it at all because it's going to be too much. Because they basically, Peter Parker, that they're fashioning him off of from our universe, is, is the Tobey Maguire movie, yeah. Sam Raimi one. So I, I feel like you get it. But if they do another one, they could really go all... Because in the comics, they go... Cra- it's crazy, and it really... I think it works really well. You know what I learned from HTML, the, one of the newer shows on the Cage Club Podcast Network, where, where Love those guys. Uh, Nico and Kevo are going through the MCU. They're starting off by going through the MCU one movie at a time. Uh, I did not realize that... Um, the little boy in the Iron Man mask at that convention oh. is has been retrofitted to be Peter Parker. Yeah, yeah. Which I thought was pretty cool. I heard that when Homecoming came out, everyone was like, wouldn't it be cool if that was Peter Parker? And then someone like asked uh, Kevin Feige at like a red carpet, and he's like, oh yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, sure. Yeah, oh, let's boy. do it. Like, yeah, that's canon now. Like, I think it was literally something like that. Like, sure, it can be. Let's do it. <laughs> sure, why not? There's another moment. I was Because re- I'm rewatching them along with... I'm actually pulling a little ahead of them. But uh, there was another moment like that where it was like, oh, that little kid could have been this guy or this person could have been – if they needed to go back and do that, there's other places where they could get away with it. I just think it's funny that like in this universe where like things have been planned out like years and years and years in advance, like this is when we're going to introduce this character, mm-hmm. this is how these characters are going to interact with each other, that he's just like, oh, yeah, that was, that was Spider-Man. Sure, why not? <laughs> It's kind of a lot. I mean, you got to admit, like, their continuity, they've been trying to tighten it up a lot more lately. Like, early on, it's pretty loosey-goosey. Like, we're not sure what's happening, phase one. Phase two, it starts to get tighter. And now it's like, oh, yeah, we're not going to make three movies unless we know exactly what's going to happen in the fourth one. 
like I understand where people come. Like people are burned out on those movies because there's so many of them, and like they also are burnt out on them because they not they can't just tell a story. They have to like say where things came from and set things up. And I understand that, and like, I sort of do feel like that, especially in like the the main kind of yeah yeah. I'm not just not commenting on that. No, okay, <laughs> um, but I feel like the ones that should be like I feel like Infinity War, even when it ends on such like a powerful note, just feels like a. Oh, okay. Like I still, you know, I want, I want Endgame. Cliff, yeah, no, I mean that's a cliffhanger for sure. I like that. No, it's like what's what keep what keeps it exciting for Watch me? Machine. Yes, is how they're continually get tighter and better and they get their shit together. And now, now they are totally planning like years, whatever ahead. And like, oh, uh, I think it started with Civil War where they're like, we have the Spider-Man script and the one without it. And now, like, you hear about like, oh, well, we have all these ideas for all the Fox characters, but also in case we can't, we have a plan without that. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it just, I'm excited about that is like how much more cohesive it's getting by the phase. Um, so I'm, I don't know. Like, I'm more excited. Plus I like... I like the idea of, like, you know, team-up movies like Thor and Hulk, Wasp and Ant-Man, you know, like Spider-Man and Iron Man. Like, uh, it's cool how they're sort of pairing them off and doing, like, these team-up movies, too, now, without really explicitly saying we're doing team-up movies and stuff. But right. it's getting to that place where, like, a sitcom, like we discussed in Bosom Buddies, they're seeing how different characters play with each other, and you can take them from opposite sides of the spectrum, put them together, see how it, and see what happens. So... I still feel like there's a lot of freshness to come. I hope so. I think so. I mean, I really still like all those movies. Like, when I was looking ahead to the movies that they were going to cover, you know, I, I because they had edited an episode or two, like, I, I sort of have, like, all the art that Kevin made for all the episodes, and I was looking at them, and I, had, I sort of missed, I'd missed Thor The Dark World, but I was like, oh, like, they only have good movies left, really. Because, like, they're all movies mm-hmm. that I really enjoy. Because, like, coming up soon, there's, you know, Civil War, Cap, uh, Winter Soldier, and then Guardians, uh, two movies. So apparently they're not very high on Cap Winter Soldier. And oh, I thought it would be the. I thought they weren't high on Guardians. But well, they 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 have problems with Guardians because of James Gunn, because of the uh, Yondu stuff and everything like that. Like they have problems with both of those. But I was like, well, but uh, like Winter Soldier, I think is it's incredible. Yeah, I love that movie. Like I gave it. It's my first five star Marvel movie. Um, and Guardians, I love. But I mean, I I I I think the Yondu stuff is it actually pays off by the end of the second movie and there's a reason for it. I mean, most families are like that, to be honest. Well, you know? they were saying to me via Facebook, which I'll, I don't really want to spoil too much of, but I guess my, the first one, the first episode's already out, but they don't like that, you know, as you're, as you're listening to this, not as we're recording this, but they don't like that he was basically, he had uh, abused Star-Lord all his life growing up and then it sort of becomes the hero by the second movie. You know, like it sort of like feels like this yeah. weird kind of reversal, especially given the the sort of iffy jokes and stuff that James Gunn made. Like it's just this weird yeah. sort of like uh, attitude of young boys and stuff like that. And so, no, I get that. But on the one hand, their their characters are self proclaimed assholes, so you need a level of uh, something to sort of put you off about them. You know, there has to be something about them that you don't resolve and you can't really like entirely or something. Um, and I understand their misgivings with the Yondu redemption arc, as it were, but, I mean, look, like, it just seems like more kids are raised like that than than not, right? That you have, like, an abusive family relationship growing up, but then by the end of that life, you can sort of figure out a way to reconcile your feelings with, with your parents. I mean, I'm not saying it's right. I'm just saying... I don't know. I see it from a different angle, I guess. 
Plus, it's a comic book movie, so yeah, you know what I mean. Like they're doing the they're doing the best they can. Oh, this is maybe where you think this is where you think. Yeah, there we go. Alley. Before they just had sex in the alley. Isn't this poetry? Yeah, oh, that's what she's that's what she wants. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, well, she, you know, I don't know. To me, is the same as no, but <laughs> no. I mean, they're, they're 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 she's on board by now. You know what I mean? Like she's on first. I don't know. Third oh, base. There's a there's a crucifix, Joey. Religion, spirituality. Again. You know, if we get gambling, I win. Yeah, I got a bat. Not a. I mean, my card is a rough card. It was a it was a rough one. But like you know, because I was I was so again as as I was saying before we were talking about Edge of Tomorrow. As I've been ranking my favorite movies of the 2000s, like I had pulled all the movies that I'd logged on Letterboxd. And sort of got it down to like the three hundred. It was it was weirdly three hundred fifty exactly that I really liked, ah. and that I sort of narrowed it down. But like in the three fifty were basically like every Marvel movie, <laughs> and I'm like, how many of these can I realistically have in my top? I'm like, honestly, there might be like five or ten, but I also feel like I kind of need to sort of yeah. So like I yeah. think the only one I think that might be in there is the Avengers. Really. Uh, I don't know. Is like, Dark Knight in there? Dark Knight's in there. Okay, because I'm one. I'm curious how many other just superhero movies in general. Uh, for me, Spider Verse is in there. Yeah, Spider Verse is great. Um, I really like Spider Man Two a lot. I think that's just that, that. That's a movie that you could remove all of the superheroics from it, and it would be an interesting drama. I feel um, just between you know Parker, uh, Harry, and. Uh, MJ, this is so bizarre. This movie, I, I just <laughs> I don't remember how much nudity there is. I can't believe how naked she is. I feel like it. It feels close to being porn. Um, oh, that was, I think that was the whole episode. Like, how is this not? You know, I guess because on the, on the so on the one hand, right? Oh, like, even go. though this is before, I think you might have just dropped a little dong there. Yeah, I was just gonna say, here we go. Um, <laughs> On the one hand, like, this is before the internet exists, but on the other hand, like, if you're going to be naked in a movie, and, like, you're going to show your full naked body in the first three minutes of the movie, I, there's not really a, a reason to not continue to do it. You know what I mean? Like, but that's the thing. already out there in the world. That's the thing. Like, why is it in the first five minutes, why isn't it saved for, like, a half hour or something? And how no. did this movie not gain a reputation? When I'm inside you, I feel lost at the edge of the universe. And now he's oiling down her naked body. Like, how does this movie not have a reputation as the movie where she's naked in it the whole time and Nick Cage is in it and you oh, almost see his dong? What, what's weird about this movie, I think, in... Oh, he's... Is that a pile of cocaine? cocaine? Yeah, he's going to get her high I really don't remember down. this. Oh, my God. He's going to... inside her, yes, I think? Yeah. yeah, I really don't remember this. <laughs> Holy shit. I don't do drugs. I'm not asking you to. Wait. Uh, Cage smokes or does drugs? Well, Cage isn't doing drugs. Well, drugs. I mean, you get it on, like... He's fingering the coke into her. He's not sober while he's doing this. He can't be... That can't be safe, either. Was there a movie you talked about for a podcast? Or was a movie that I watched for not a podcast where... Somebody puts coke on their dick and has sex. Whoa, with I don't know. I did not see that movie. Uh, I would say maybe a uh, cutscene of Wolf of Wall Street, but they, he puts the coke up the girl's ass and sniffs it out. Yeah. Like in the first five minutes of that remember. movie. <laughs> I watched. I recently watched the first two hours of that, and then I turned around. I was like, I'm good. <laughs> and I left the last hour just hanging there. I love that movie. I, I love it, but like for some reason at that mark, on that day, I was ready to turn it off. I got to 
watch that last. Oh, hour. also in my top hundred for the for the century is Iron Man, the first Iron Man. Oh, okay. So yeah, so I I would put Iron Man one, Captain America, Winter Soldier. Uh, those are those are five. I feel like those are four or five star Marvel because I've been movies. ranking them on Letterbox as we watch them, and I had right I had for a while Iron Man three as my first because I think Iron Man three is fa- like they don't like Nico and Kevo did not love Iron Man three. Mm-hmm. I thought Iron Man three was fascinating in that it is kind of like a lot. So Iron Man two, I think, is a really interesting reflection of the success of Iron Man mm-hmm. as a movie, but also Tony Stark coming to terms with like. Oh, I'm a celebrity. Like I'm even more of a celebrity now. How do I deal with this? Right? Yeah. And I feel like Iron Man three is to Avengers what the new what like what Spider Man Far From Home and stuff are going to yeah. be in relation to Infinity War. Yeah. Because like Iron Man three is like I almost died saving New York. Like I yeah. what I went to space and like you know I barely survived. Right. And like. Now I'm, like, terrified he has PTSD. Like, I think it's fascinating in that regard. I love the fact that it's a Shane Black movie. I love the fact that it's a Marvel movie where, like, there's very, very little superhero stuff. Like, he's just, like, he's Tony Stark. Yeah. I think that's all great. But I think in terms of, like, the MCU, you know, I I had that number one. I I bumped it down to number three. But, like, my top three, I just, I love Iron Man so much. Like, my top three are, I think it's Avengers, Iron Man, Iron Man 3, or maybe Iron Man, Avengers, Iron Man 3. But, like, yeah. I, like, I I really got to reorder my list because it's out of control. But I mean, I used to not like Iron Man three. Like when I first saw it, I thought it was fine. Then I saw it and I thought it was okay. But when I recently watched it, I thought it was great because it really there. Forget about superhero movies. Movies in general don't deal with PTSD. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I felt like to take a character like Tony Stark, who is such this like male misogynistic, just like alpha guy from the first movie, and now he's like crying because he can't handle it kind of you know what i'm saying like he's really shown some growth as a character so i really like that payoff about iron man 3 it really feels like this guy's gone through a ringer and he's come out as a different person with a really different perspective i mean you even see it at the very first scene of that movie where he's asshole Tony Stark, right? Yeah. And he's, you know, making fun of... Back in 2000, back in Yeah, and he's, whatever. like, making fun of a cripple for crying, yeah. like, you know? But then, like, by the end of the movie, you he kind of, he's, I don't know, he's come out the other end, and, you know, he is no longer Iron Man. He is Tony Stark again. So I thought there's some interesting stuff going there. But I tend to really lean toward the Captain America movies, and then... um you know, like the wacky stuff, like like Ragnarok and Guardians, like those those things are really high on my list. Also, in Iron Man three, the House Party Protocol fucking rules. Yeah, where it's yeah. just like the thirty or forty. Iron I remember Man when I um, Peach. Oh, there it is. When I saw that in theaters with my nephew, he went nuts because of just like all the different suits and stuff. So I remember I have, I have vivid memories of both Iron Man two and Iron Man three in theaters. I saw Iron Man three and I didn't like it in theaters. I was just like I don't I don't I don't know what this is trying to do. And then I watched it again at home, like you know, six months later. I was like, what was I like? What I love this. <laughs> but I remember Iron Man two. You know, Iron Man two is not great, but Iron Man two is also a lot better. Than, like I hadn't seen it since theaters, and people are like Iron Man two is the worst Marvel movie. No, I and disagree. It's not, it's not as good as the first one, but like I think it's very interesting. And I still remember in theaters, like, this, like, five- or six-year-old kid who, like, this should be, like, right in his wheelhouse, just, like, running up and down the aisles the entire movie because he was, like, bored. And I was like, how are you not, like, into this? Yeah, I mean, I feel like it's got issues, but it holds it together. It's still fun and does fun things, and I like Mickey Rourke. And I I actually – I might be in the minority, but I like Justin Hammer. I mean, I I think that he does a great job of making him hateable and like a hated person and everything. I don't know. I think like – you know, like Nico and Kevin say that he's – 
low rent Tony Stark, which is true. Which but is I what he that's is. That's like the point. Yeah, yeah, that is the point. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just it's been a lot of fun to rewatch them leading up to the end game coming out because I didn't do that last time, um, and it's even crazier because that show's going to keep going because Far From Home, like you know, well because they're going to do More Captain Marvel, other th- other things, yeah, you know, End Game and Far From Home also. But I'm just saying in the Marvel verse, like they've got, you know, extra episodes to go because Marvel's not going away. No, I'm just saying this year because when they announced the show Far From Home trailer hadn't come out yet, yeah. so like its release date was sort of nebulous at the time, and now that it's like official, nebula, huh? But yeah, like I'm just because I'm looking forward to like this, all like the recent stuff. Like I haven't loved everything. Like I don't love Ant Man and the Wasp. But I'm looking forward to watching it again. But like, but like Infinity War, Civil uh, Civil War, uh, no. Black Panther, Ragnarok, yeah. First Ant Man, both Guardians. It's just like these are Doctor all movies. Doctor Strange, really, you know. Really, oh, Doctor Strange is like one of my favorites. He's probably as far as just characters. I'm so glad that he's around because in Infinity War, he's like m- might be my favorite used character. The way they well, use that's, him. That's what I think is cool. Like, there's they stay. I, I mean, I love his origin story because number one, it feels like a, an Iron Man story. Number two, Rachel McAdams is in. You know, I love. <laughs> She's McAdams. great. Yeah. Number three, it feels like a Wachowski movie and a Christopher Nolan movie wrapped up in one. But I also agree because, like, all of a sudden, like, just in Infinity War, he's just like, I'm in control of my powers and I'm fucking badass. Yeah, it's been a while and he's trained and you know that he has that, like, um, memory, right? Like, he's got – he can remember everything he reads. So you figure he's just been, like, booking up ever since. And that takes place, you know, uh, like a year or two later or something. So, like, he's been training. There's yeah. so I so there's a lot of like hand gestures that he does and everything. Oh, I just watched <laughs> replicas. Well, no, not Keanu's that. Keanu's hand well, acting. That, that's great hand acting. We'll but, get there. Uh, by the time that this episode comes out, I will. I'm sure you will have seen. I don't know if you've seen yet, but I'm sure you will take your nephew to the boy who would be king. Oh yeah, yeah, it's on the list. There is uh, aggressive and like way unnecessary uh, hand acting in that because all the magic is done like by like. Oh no! Oh, they, oh yeah! Oh, it's and it's, just, it's terrible. It's, <laughs> but you it's, know why they do that? Probably because that's like a children's game in school. The snap, clap, and snap, snap, oh boy, snap. Like that's bad. a that's a big thing in like grade school. Like even I did that in grade school. I was I was really torn what to rate this movie because like I like it. It's very firmly not for me. But like it's a it's a kids movie that doesn't cater to kids. Okay, and. The scale is really big. Some of the CGI is bad. I enjoyed it. It's way too long. Okay. And I was just like, I, I, I would love Attack the Block, and I was just like, I, I, it's, it's just not like your demo. Yeah, it's just yeah. it looks like it's more for my nine-year-old nephew, you know, <laughs> like who's never seen a King Arthur movie, uh, maybe except for like a Disney cartoon or something. It's just one of those things where like now, you know, I've, I had Movie Pass, and now I have AMC A-List, and I want to make sure that it's, it's movies like... Oh, I love this. Cage cursing up a storm in church. Cage freaks out. Oh, they're going to... His go-to thing is fingering her. Like, dude, there's other shit. Like, why do you go straight... Whatever. I'm not going <laughs> to... I think I've already expressed enough problems with his lovemaking this episode. <laughs> oh, another crucifix. But they are in church. Um... Now but she's the, not into it. But she is not into this. No. But the the boy who would be king is the kind of movie where I need to be more 
proactive in a sense of watching it as it comes out. Because it's the kind of movie that, like, quickly, like, at the end of the year, there's, like, 40 movies that are like that, that I want to see that, like, I know I'm not going to love, but I think I'm going to enjoy, and I want to see it, but I don't need to see it. And it's, like, okay. it's those movies where it's just, like, I like, I wish I saw, like, 10 of these earlier so I could just have them off my You know what I mean? So, I don't know. I know it's a very first-world problem to have, but it's movies, like, you know, because down the stretch last year, like, I watched, like, we you know, we saw a trailer before or whatever for, like, Uncle Drew and... Movies like Death Wish and stuff yeah. like that. Like, movies that I'm not going to love, that I'm going to enjoy part of, but it's just kind of... like, The Commuter I watched, it just, like... Well, you know what uh, the kid, the Kid Arthur Kid movie feels like? It's different, but it feels like, you know, like Goosebumps or Goosebumps 2. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that vein, like, every couple months... Like, I want to see The House of the Clock on the Walls. I'm not going to love oh, it, but that, it's the same. That's good, though. That's... Cr- oh. Eli Roth gets fucking nuts in oh, that movie, I don't know dude. if you it's watch... good. I don't think you watch the, the videos, the Loose Cannons videos, but, like... There's a Keanu movie about halfway up, about number 50, Knock Knock. He loves Knock Knock. <laughs> and I was so happy to see it. And, like, in the opening, uh, there's, like, a, there's a montage of each pizza. opening countdown. And, like, it's, you know, the girls digging the hole for him. And, like, there's a scene. So, uh, I want to say, do you know the Yeah, Yeah, Yeah song, Heads Will Roll, off the album Zero, maybe it came out, like, eight or nine years ago? So, yeah, 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 used to be, like, the indie pop, then they yeah, like, yeah. a sort of, like, electronic fun album. Okay. And I really like it. And there's a song called Heads Will Roll, which... Can you do a couple bars? I might know it. Uh, I'll just play it. Hold on. Oh, ooh, we got to do my favorite uh, new game where I play music or play YouTube videos <laughs> on, uh, on, on the, the show. Yeah. Which actually came out pretty well. So here we go. Okay. I think I've heard this a couple of times. Okay, I'm familiar with it. You're listening to Zondali. <laughs> this is where we're at. Hey, Kyle and Brian, just in case you're listening, this is where you're going to wind up in 40 episodes. <laughs> so in, in the countdown, he uses this song... But have you seen your next? Yes. So yes. spoilers for your next. If you have not watched your next, the dinner this, party movie. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So do you remember? There's the scene where I don't remember who it is. Uh, it might be the the woman from. It might be Amy Simetz, uh Where they're they're getting terrorized, and she's like, "I'm gonna sprint to get help." And she starts running inside the house, and they open the front door, and she runs out the front door, and they have the razor wire, and she gets like. Decap- Almost the yeah. like it's just yeah. like gouged. Yeah, yeah. So they fuck. He plays that song, and then when it says "off with your head," she like slams it. Oh, like, that's, that's a, awesome. And that's then, a real Suicide Squad needle drop moment, though. <laughs> oh no, but like I love that in, like, in the montage because like it, it's it's playing like when Suicide Squad did it, it's like hey, this is fun, isn't it? But then, so I think I think <laughs> it goes from that to knock knock, and it's like you know off with your head, and it's just Keanu's head, head out, of the, out of the ground. It's so good. Eli Roth got away with a lot in a clock with a, a house with a clock in its wall. I was pretty shocked once or twice. There's a full-on depiction of the devil that is just crazy. Like, he literally got away with putting the devil in a children's movie, and it's disturbing. <laughs> He's, like, naked and clothed. It's crazy. And then there's baby Jack Black with his normal-sized head. It's nuts. There's so much Boy. stuff. Like I don't think Knock Knock is a good movie, but I do. It's fun though. I it's really like it. it's 
that's the that's the thing, man. Like Chris hated it. Yeah, well, you know, Chidi hates a lot of movies. <laughs> um, but I say that with endearment, by the way, um, calling him Chidi. Uh, I actually think they look quite alike, a lot alike, too. Uh, that's another Chidi thing. Chidi and Chris Podcast? Yeah, I think they look incredibly similar, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I think Chidi is way more ripped than Chris Podcast. No, yeah, but I'm just saying their heads and the glasses and their yeah. face, uh, anyway. And they look overall, like, like stomach ache. <laughs> yeah, they could be brothers. But, I mean, look, I, I will be the first to admit, like, it's not whether or not the movie's good or bad, yeah. it's whether you like it or not, you know? Like, like what you like, right? we talked about recently, or not recently, but on a bunch of things, like, there's no such thing as guilty pleasure, it's just, like, like what you like. Yeah, yeah, and I then, totally dropped that whole guilty pleasure thing, like, I'll just go out and tell people, I like Battlefield Earth, man, that movie makes me happy. Like, I was telling you before... Uh, I think I was telling you before, Serenity, I, was I talking about Serenity? Don't spoil it, the McConaughey Serenity. Oh, I, I, I'm, I already know I'm going to love it, but don't tell me anything about the it. Twist, like, the twist, so I saw like headlines, it's like, has the craziest twist of the year, the craziest ending of the year. It's not the ending, it's the twist. Okay. Uh, which comes about like halfway through. Okay. There's, I, it's, so I've only Try seen three movies to. for this year. It's my favorite. I didn't rate it on Letterboxd, I didn't give it a score, I just gave it a heart, because I was like, I don't. It's one of those one or fives. I, it, I can't. I can't. It's, it's Book of Henry level. That's what it looked like to Although me. Book That's what Henry, I was getting the vibe from. Book of Henry is more consistently like, I can't believe this was made. Like, Serenity is like a movie where there's like the central conceit, which you learn, which is the twist. And like, everything else sort of makes sense within that. But like, okay. Book of Henry is like... Book of Henry makes no sense. Book of Henry is like, how is this kid like, after he's dead or whatever, dictating to his mother how to murder the... Na- like, yeah. how is this all like the same movie? Yeah. And what is going on with the mom too? Why is she turned into an assassin? All of a sudden. But God, Serenity! Like, there's a thing where a character is like, there's a guy, he's like, oh, I was off my my projections by 20 seconds. I was just, I just crapped on the theater, <laughs> and I was just like, seconds. what is this movie? Because like, every, like, because you know, it was opening night that I went. It was a Friday night. It was last Friday, and the theater was by no means crowded, but there was still like 12. Like, there was yeah. a bunch like. Six or seven oh, yeah. couples that were. I, I tried to go Saturday morning and I checked, and there were like ten seats taken. You know what I'm saying? So it's like I won't be alone if I end up making it, but I, then I didn't make it. But it's amazing. I, um, I mean, that's what the, the the internet was a buzz. They're like, if there's one movie you see this weekend, for some reason, it's Serenity because it just came out of nowhere. It's like the January darling. I saw. I ended up seeing Glass last week, and I was like, well, that didn't. That really, it was, oh my god, Gremlins, what is, Zach Galligan, is that Zach, Zach, Zach something, Zach, damn it. Zach Snyder? No, but he's soon Gremlins. Uh, so I went to Glass hoping that it would be, you know, what, like the happening again or something, and I was actually disappointed that it turned out to be decent. I was like, oh man, like this didn't, It's it was fine, but it didn't. You know what I mean? Like Zach it, Galligan. Zach Galligan, okay. I almost said Galifianakis. I didn't see Glass because I haven't seen Unbreakable in a long, long time, and sp- like people lost their minds about Split, and I was like, Split's fine. Like James McAvoy's great. McAvoy's I, the reason to see Glass, I too. really like Anya Taylor-Joy as an actor. I like... There's another girl... Oh, Haley Lou Richardson's in that, but I'm like, I kind of don't care about Split. And like this is like... And everything everything I was seeing was like, this is not the way to end did, this trilogy. Did you watch Split? 
at all? Did you end up watching it? I saw Split and Fantastic okay, Fest. It was okay, a yeah, secret. Yeah. It was a world yeah. premiere. And, oh, right. and, and, and you and kept Knight that and you kept that secret for like almost a year. The the oh, because people, Bruce people was were messaging it. me on Twitter like what's like like messaging me like tell me I, I'm like I'm not like why no. But uh, I, I I went back and I think you might have seen my Twitter post about Unbreakable. Like it was the most boring. I couldn't believe how boring that movie was the second time. Just just melancholy. Like I was reaching for the Prozac every ten minutes. I made it through eventually, but. I thought Split was good because of the performance, and that's why I like Glass. I think Glass did a good job of say of connecting. First of all, connecting everything in a good way, uh, but then McAvoy is just incredible. Well, I mean, He's incredible. But the twist the is twist. The twist in Split is just like, oh, it's in the universe is unbreakable. And, well, right, and the twist there is. I wouldn't even call it a twist in Glass. It's just like this happens. This is happening now. Like there's nothing to foreshadow. What, what the twist is, or you know, like in his other movies or anything. It's just like, we're going in this direction now, and it just feels like, er, left turn, end yeah. of movie kind of thing. But I still I still liked it. I think people are giving it a hard time. Now, Bohemian Rhapsody might deserve, you know, the reviews it's getting, but I think Split's better than it's getting. I think, I mean, I'm probably going to wait for it to be on VOD and then just watch, like, all three over a weekend or something like that and just... That's one way to do it, yeah. Or, like, if it's still in... Like, I just don't, you know, I don't know. Like I just don't feel like rewatching Unbreakable and, and Split. Right? Do I do I need to watch Unbreakable and Split, or can I just see Glass? Uh, you have to at least see Split again, uh, or no, I, you have to at least have seen Split. I don't think you need to have seen Unbreakable to understand what Bruce Willis is doing there. But like, as long as I know that James McAvoy spoilers for Split, if you're listening, need this. But like that he's like a, a cre- like a monster, right? right like, yeah, that, yeah. Okay. So as long as I know that, I'm fine. I think so. Yeah. I don't think you need to know where Bruce Willis and and because because that's what the whole movie's about. Here's they basically are explaining who Bruce Willis and Sam Jackson are. So like if you haven't seen Unbreakable 15 years ago, you're pretty good. If you've just seen Split, I think. Gotcha. Yeah. But yeah, like he doesn't get hurt, and Mr. Glass is the opposite. He's trying to find this guy, yeah. causing disasters or whatever. And then Sarah Paulson's in the new movie as Mrs. this Mrs. Ruth Dunbar. Mrs. Ruth Dunbar as this person trying to convince them they're not. That's it's ridiculous. Like superheroes can't exist. Like that's what she's there for. That's like the conversion therapy. Okay. That's so like that's what the movie feels like. Conversion therapy and like how that. At least for me, it was like. You shouldn't go around trying to make people what they're not, you know, kind yeah. of like there shouldn't be therapy to change a lifestyle kind of thing. Um, but I don't know if that's what M. Night was. I doubt that's what M. Night was going for, but I don't know. Because, like, we're in, a, we're in the time of the year where, like, there's not a ton of... Well, January, notorious dumping ground for movies. Although like, last year... Well, I mean, that's that what... Too. Yeah, that's just the... Um, Sort of stereotype of January's is it's January, February has been a dumping ground. So next weekend opening, I think it might just be Miss Bala, the remake. Mm-hmm. That's it? That seems to be the big one. So then the week after is like What Lego. Men Want and Lego Movie. Yeah, because then we're into February. Well, next I mean, next week is uh, oh, Feb 1. They were showing Lego Movie at the mall yesterday. Today. Yeah, yeah or yesterday. Today. Yeah. But then also in two weeks is Cold Pursuit, which is Taken in the Snow. Okay. And then the week after that is Happy Death Day to You. Oh, sweet. I saw the trailer for that, and I was like, oh, i got to rewatch that first one. That movie's so good. That actress is so great. Um, yeah, so I think I, I'll probably, like, next weekend after I'm back from my trip, I'll go see maybe Miss Bala and Glass, I guess. Because I can see three a week for free, essentially, with A-List, so, you know, I might as well, but... Oh, I don't know. fishing. Zondalee's naked. 
Is she? She have a bathing suit on. Oh, does she? I don't know. She doesn't Hard seem like someone who wears a bathing suit. She seems like a... Sc- oh, no. She just has her dress open. <laughs> I like their crowns. Their flower crowns. This a little, like, uh, reminds me of Kara's flower reports. Such a creep. But that's his, you know, that's his little love of it. They're in love. I guess. They're trying to reconnect here without Cage. Yeah. Without Johnny. I can't believe we're in New Orleans and we haven't had gambling. Like, that's much more... Well, that was not a beach, right? But that was, like, as close as we are going to get. That's a much more sensual... Yeah, this makes more sense. Into it. Supposed to cage the fucking jackhammer. All the parts work. Oh, so I went. I I don't know if you saw my spoiler-filled review of Dog's Way Home. I did. <laughs> Unbelievable, bro! Like, still not as dark as a dog's purpose, but like my niece and nephew loved Dog's Way Home. It's actually quite different than the trailer would lead you to believe. Where we watched the trailer and you're like, "That's the whole movie in two minutes." Uh, it's quite different than that. But spoiler for Dog's Way Home: There's a moment where James. Uh, Edward James almost plays a homeless man and takes care of this dog and chains him to himself so he won't lose him or run away and then proceeds to die. And the dog starts starving to death because he's chained to dead Edward, dead James almost. And there's literally like four minutes of this, of the dog going like, I'm going to drown, like, and the dog is literally, like, this far from water, from, like, a stream, and it can't reach it. And it's like, I'm dying. This is the end. Oh, my gosh. And then these kids come, and they're like, hey, look, a dog. Oh, no, a dead body. And they let the dog go so it can find the rest of its way home. But holy shit. Was not expecting Edward James almost to die. In that movie, with the dog chained to him, <laughs> trapping a dog. Edward James, almost. There's a uh, little bit of a connection to uh, one of our other podcasts. In season five of Dexter, uh, he and Colin Hanks are tag team killers. They're Whoa, the bad guy. Cool. Uh, it's one of the worst seasons of Dexter. Oh, it's, oh here's they're going to dance, Joey. This is where they dance. Oh, right, right, right. Is this the pier that Aquaman's dad hangs out on? <laughs> Every morning, waiting for mom to come back. Eric Anderson has a little bit of a uh, Nicole Kidman vibe, a little bit. Oh, totally. I could see that. I could see that for sure. Sonali hates Johnny. This is where Terry dies, out on the boat, right? I don't remember. We got uh, 20 minutes left. I don't know how I remembered everything except for the hardcore nudity in this movie. <laughs> That's all I remember about this movie. Joey, this is, we should... <laughs> They're the ones who dance? Yes. Look, it's the gentleman's waltz. What is happening? <laughs> and you don't put your arm around his waist. You put it firmly on his shoulder. Gentleman. Well, I mean, he's got it around Cage's waist. Yeah, right? yeah, so yeah. But, yeah, so I guess Cage is the is the woman. And Terry's the man in this situation. Yes. Uh, Spin? I mean, Cage does have the long hair, the luscious long locks, so... God, this is so weird. I kind of wonder what Lindsay thinks of his performance in this. She probably loves it. 
Look at that. That is a complex dance. There's a lot of emotion in this. <laughs> a lot of something, I can tell you that much. Brad Bud. They want to beat the hell out of each other. Man, this is so weird. How, how do I not remember this at all? That's like the dance before the duel. I feel like when we did Cage Club, like the reason I remember more Cage movies is because it was a new experience doing a podcast. Handwriting notes helped me remember them longer, honestly. Uh, we basically lived this lived mm-hmm. all Cage for six months. So I feel like my recall of Cage movies is better than it is of Keanu or Charlie's, where, I, where we don't even remember, you know, names of movies, right? Mm-hmm. But I don't remember this at all. Yeah. <laughs> I also remember that it doesn't end when it should. Like, it keeps going for another ten minutes after where I... Felt- also, Return of the King situation? Yeah. <laughs> well, that's that's different because that's the end of three movies where they really need a a moment to wrap everything up for a fifth time. Oh, here's a question for you. So, okay, so for our... Tub Talk best movies of the twenty the two thousands. Oh shit! Get on the boat. Uh, we were talking about which movies should count as one movie. Oh, and so we settled on Lord of the Rings as one. Mm, yeah, I could. I, and yeah. Kill Bill is one. If you okay. want, if you, if you don't like, so uh, I got so my, one for you. So my one friend Bob, who's in Tub Talk, uh, he's the new guy to the league. Said he thinks that if we ha- if we said we can you can do Kill Bill as one or it could be two because he said if Kill Bill was one movie it wouldn't make his top twenty, but if it was Kill Bill like separately I think one of them I think maybe uh, I think he likes part two better I count it as one movie, but I think because it's made it's basically made as one movie plus it's all the chapters you know what I'm yeah. saying and like it's not part two it's Kill Bill volume two and I like it's that to, way for a reason I was trying to convince them that Crank should be one movie because Crank the not a bad crank, call the first Crank literally ends with Jason Statham falling off a roof and the second one begins with him landing, landing the yeah um, they, they wouldn't give me that one I would say and this is contentual too but I I buy that Matrix 2 and 3 are one movie to me I yeah. I feel like the Matrix trilogy is actually two movies um, but they broken up into three uh, but I always Find two and three go together much better as one long film as opposed to broken up. There was what was the other? Uh, one? But I totally the whole bloody affair. Of course, I recently just rewatched those. Totally great. So glad that I rewatched those. Uma Thurman's amazing. That's when they could really you know oh do a third. So Bob was asking. Time. He wanted to do uh, Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace as one. That's close. Yeah, I would maybe maybe they're just so stylistically different like they just feel like such different movies even though the story picks up right after that it's tough because you can't just say because the movie picks up a second after like what about force awakens and last jedi that is not one movie you know and it feels like two movies yet it happens right after like a second after so it's tricky in that regard you can't just automatically say that makes it count um terry was just uh Quoting Macbeth, Lady Macbeth, out damn spot, which for some reason, I guess he's because he's an artist. I guess also in the same way, you know, Marvel, like, you know, these early MCU movies are talking about how, like, apparently in the same week, like, Iron Man 2 and Thor and Cap. Yeah. that's all. That's, that's a weird retrofitting. Like, I don't know why that all has to happen in the same week, other than like we're we're literally assembling the Avengers all together. And I feel Hulk like and stuff. I feel like there's overlap, but I never. I still don't 
by that that all happens in the same week, month, or whatever. Like, def- definitely, like, Iron, maybe Iron Man 2 and the Hulk happen, like, a month later. I don't know. I just don't like that whole... Well, it's it, too close. The other thing is that, like, they're all happening separately. Like, I can see the Thor stuff happening while mm-hmm. they're dealing with other stuff, or, there you know, Hulk's happening around the world, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah, yeah. I You know, I, I would rather them just leave it alone than try and explain it retroactively because that's like also what they brought up on um html is the whole loki mind control thing and it's like it works fine oh, with him as a good guy yeah i never doing. even heard that and i never had an issue with loki being as evil as he is like because he's just mad with power and that's exactly what he wants and that's how people with power get so i i don't know i don't i don't really buy into a lot of this sort of secondary retcon stuff. I mean, you know, it's one thing to say the kid in the Iron Man mask was Peter Parker. It's another thing to say Loki was being controlled by Thanos when there's no way... I, I just can't put that together. It almost feels like, and this is, you know, under undermining the entire MCU a little bit, but it's like Loki's like their one actual good complex villain. And, like, it's yeah. like, well, we can't actually have a complex villain because then it makes all the other guys look bad. So yeah. you got to make him be a good guy. Well, also, and I think it's the same for when he tries to take over New York. It's like we can't have him show any hint of levity here. He needs to be all the way evil in this movie right. or else it's not going to work. Like, you know, I mean, because there's the one moment where he, when Thor, when him and Thor have a moment on the hill that gets interrupted and it's like, oh, see, we almost get Loki and an explanation, sympathy, and then no, the, the Avengers oh, so that's, fight. that's the one where, yeah, where Thor fights. Yeah, it gets, and I think that's making a point saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're not going to make Loki complex in this movie. We're just going to keep him one note because it's better to service the, yeah, the story like the, in the long the run. The lightest that Loki ever sort of gets is at the end when he's trying to like appeal to Hulk and then Hulk yeah. just smashes the shit out of him. But yeah. Yeah, because like, he still threatens Tony. You know what I'm saying? Like he does it with a smile on his face, but he's like, you know, I'm going to kill you, Tony Stark. Like I'm about to turn you into my minion and all this stuff. And yeah. I forgot how good uh, Natasha was in in that movie where both in the – I mean, in the opening, I remembered where she's, you know, like basically miming getting beat up. She's like, no, this idiot's giving me everything. And he's like, I don't, know, I don't know what. But then I forgot later in the movie when she's, you know, appearing vulnerable to Loki. Oh, yeah. And Loki's same sort move. of like – and then she's like, oh, played. we got it. Cool. We're good. By the way, this is the famous graveyard, I believe, in New Orleans where Cage has his – Is it? It has one? his pyramid. I think there's only the one. I don't know. This looks like the one. I think there's a bunch of graveyards. In the no, world, but so this is say. the one, like the uh, the famous. Abo- it looks like the famous above oh, ground okay. one from Easy Rider and everything. But yeah, do you think that like Kate shot this movie? Was like this is where I want to be buried. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Does she? Oh, she knows him because he ran by her while he was doing yeah. stuff. Yeah, he's the garbage man. He knows. Might, of might her be an angel. She knows of him. Not quite sure. That was a very weird death for Thurry. And then we skip over the whole funeral. We don't even get a montage or a shot of it. Do we have the black paint scene or we missed that? Is no, that, it hasn't happened yet. That's in the last 15 minutes of the Yeah, movie? that's what I said because it feels like the movie should be over and then it keeps going for like 10 minutes. Why? He looks like Edgar Wright right there. <laughs> oh my gosh, that was weird. For a minute, like I looked up and I saw Edgar Wright. Sorry, Steve Buscemi. Sorry, Edgar Wright. But I know you're listening. So he comes back in Con Air famously. He's doing a horrible accent here. Doesn't Buscemi come back a couple times or no? I'm trying to think. I know definitely Con Air as the psycho. 
It's too bad Judd Nelson never came back. Judge Reinhold? Oh, yeah, Judge Reinhold. My bad. Jeez. Man. So in terms old of, sucks. In terms of other things, he was in Big Lebowski, which is P.S. Love Hoffman. Um, he was in Ghost World, which High School Summer Party oh, covered. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah. Con Air, which you said. Um, oh, she's smelling theory on the sheets. Mr. Deeds, which Winona just covered. Oh, yikes. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Oh, that's okay. Here we go, Joe. I think this is it. Oh, boy, oh, boy. He's doing coke, and he's painting. So, Steve Buscemi's been in 134 movies. I'm trying to see... I think the first thing I recognized him in as a kid was Armageddon. (laughs) So this is... He's been... Believe it or not, he's been in a lot of things that have been seen by fewer people on Letterboxd than this movie. Uh, 4, 8, 12, 16, Oh, I'm sure he did some real obscure indie shit. Like, that, uh, 40 or 50 things less Oh, you know what a great movie he did? Um, oh, shit, it's... I can't remember it, and it's one of my favorite... Uh, Living in Oblivion. It's amazing. He plays an independent film director, and it's a, all about trying to shoot uh, an indie film hmm. in New York. It's great. It's, uh... Yeah, I highly recommend that. That's one of my favorite movies. I haven't seen it in a long time. But this should come as no surprise that this is the thing I've seen him in that I that has the least like there's uh-huh. a lot of things less, but I've never seen any of those. Like this is the thing that I've seen Steve Buscemi in that the least people have seen, so uh that's something I guess. Do you think Buscemi's seen this? Has he watched this movie? <laughs> yeah. Probably. That's a hard F. Yeah, that was a hard F, man. Do you think the reason this isn't widely available through the American market is because of all of the nudity and, and finger banging and all, and all like the hard sex and stuff? I wonder if this is also like just a like a critical flop. And oh well, I'm sure it was certainly a critical flop. Like, it, I wonder if Judge Reinhold is like I you know on retrospect, like, in retrospect, I kind of don't want this. This is the but like, Gremlins guy. Yeah, but like even. Even if you make a terrible movie that no one likes, it still has Nick Cage in it. You know what I mean? Like, and then nowadays, that's that's viable. Like, well, the one thing I will give this credit for is that we had to import this from China, or like you know, buy it on Amazon as the China release. But like, it was only like ten bucks. Like, it wasn't like hard. I don't think it was expensive. No, it wasn't like Time to Kill, which was like out of print and like you know, yes. thirty dollars used. Time to Kill, I'm sure, is another Cage movie that's been seen the least in this for sure. Actually, I'm gonna take a look on Letterboxd, which. Is the least seen cage movie? Oh well, it could be something even it's all, it's newer. All, it's probably all like new VOD. Stuff, yeah. The most seen one, fortunately, Spider Verse. All right, let's see. Suddenly running like uh, like one Tom Cruise is reminding me. Oh, this is the third time she's been running in this movie. She's been running this entire movie. Oh, black paint. Here it comes. Just everything. Just a blackout. Okay, so of movies that he's actually been in. Never on Tuesday. Okay. Least. All right. Oh, so going, going up. Poor Never on Tuesday. <laughs> best of times. Boy in Blue. Wow. Christmas Carol. No sculling fans. Oh no. So uh, Never on Tuesday. Best of times. Boy in Blue. Time to kill. Christmas Carol. This. Racing with the Moon. Firebirds. Between Whoa, worlds. Racing with the Moons. That. Lo- oh, here we go, Joey. 
Black it out. Black so it have out. you seen this new – I know – I mean, we've been ta- I've been talking about tattoos a lot today. Have you seen this new trend about uh, people blacking out their arms and legs and stuff to, to go over old tattoos they don't like? Yeah. That's really strange to me. I don't, under, I don't quite understand don't that. Like You'd it. rather have an all one-colored arm as opposed to like – I don't know. I would never – Oh, she kills herself. Yeah, right, and that's how it ends. She, she like jumps. Car she like jumps right? in yeah. front of the truck. Oh no! Someone shoots her looking for Johnny, right? And it gets out at the end and is like, "Tell Johnny or something." Oh boy, but we'll find out. But she like does nine die. Minutes left in this movie. I forgot about this. That she's so overcome with grief over essentially killing Judge Reinhold, being part of it. Yeah. He's already washed up. Black it out. Black it out all the way. I wonder if. She actually ran around the block to, to get sweaty? to work up that sweat. I don't know. I bet they filmed that paint thing very last because God, there's geez. no way you're getting that. That out makeup of your hair. on her is so good, like the the, the the black eye, like not the black eyes, but like, but the, like the, the bags under yeah. her eyes. Well, I like, this feel movie, like for how beautiful she is, like this movie makes her look like shit a lot. I also not looks and not that she has to do much, but lounge around naked in this movie. But like she's. Dare I say she's good in this? Like, everyone's pretty okay. It's not them. It's the material. I'll, you know, I'll wonder, say that. I want, I mean, I don't think that this would actually happen. But if you remade this today, I could see <laughs> uh, her being played by Allison Williams from Girls. Oh, I could see like, that. Like, very beautiful, but also could kind of pull off that, like, disaffected, I don't know, basically Marnie mm-hmm. from Girls. I didn't see that. I didn't watch a lot of Girls, but I know who you're talking about. Well, you know Peter Scolari from Girls. Oh, well, yeah, Hannah's dad, yeah. Um, but he's, like, in the first episode. I've seen him on the show, yeah. I watched, I initially started watching Girls for Adam Driver, <laughs> to be honest. He's great on it. I, well, that, yeah, and that's, like, his thing. And then, um, I don't he's know. great on it. Uh, Christopher Abbott, who plays Marnie's boyfriend for the first couple seasons, then he becomes a junkie. He's great on it. I mean, like, say what, like, I know that a lot of people don't like Hannah. Well, what's what's the actress's name? Oh, Lena Dunham. Lena. She's great on the show. Uh, Shosh is good, really good. Like I love Shosh. Marnie, the character is has issues. Um, like I've seen, I saw every episode of Girls. You know, it's it's they're not always good, but like when it was really good, it was really good. Like it was, mm. it, it got really really good at times. Oh, Hannah Stanley, like, Peter Scolari has like a very interesting arc on that. Like he he. Realizes through the show that he's gay. I saw that episode. Yeah. I know that's his thing, and she called him Thurry. Yeah, that's right. I, I saw that episode because uh, I remember that. Like Hannah was freaking out because like she couldn't depend on her parents, and like who can you depend on if you can't depend? On? I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I always meant to go back and like sort of give that show another shot because I just kind of. Stopped watching kind of halfway through the second season. I was just like, I don't know what I happened. I just kind of wonder, my attention shifted. I wonder if like if you watch that in five or ten years, like if it would hold up because I feel like it's very in a of good way of its time. Mm-hmm. Like it's like this is the experience of this kind of person around 2010 to 2015. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I feel like in five or ten years, like, I think it's still like a, a well written, well made show. I don't know if it'd be as interesting or as like. Or if it would feel as important, you know what I mean, as it did. Yeah, it's very of the t- of the moment kind of thing, commenting on what's happening then as opposed to like now. I always sort of forget, and then I, when I think about it, I remember that Adam Driver's in Francis Ha. Who's he in that? I re- I just 
I'm pretty I sure. I can't remember. I mean, I, I, I haven't seen the whole thing in a, in a few years, but I just rewatched most of it the other day, and I don't. He's one of the roommates, I think. Oh, okay. I'm, I think right. he's the guy who's like, "You want to see my bedroom?" Like the every girl he brings over, and they're like, "Yeah." Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, Adam Driver. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Oh, here we go, Joey. Zonda Lee in her death waltz here. She's just Looking she's like a zombie. Yeah. Zombily. Zombily. <laughs> Cage as her shadow. Oh. oh black. And then she's gonna Where's Steve Buscemi when you need him? Just leave her alone, Cage. Come on. I think he feels respond. I don't know if he's following her because No, he's obsessive. Well, it might be that. Oh, here we go. Now, who is this guy? Johnny owes him money. Do we know that? We've from never the seen. Movie? Well, vaguely, it's at the bar, and he got the phone call when he's like, "Your time is up, man. You have okay. to come in with the, with the vig or whatever." But it kind of feels like it was sort of a Deus Ex Machina. Like, oh, you know, this is the way to end this. This movie. is a totally like, yeah, let's just introduce someone to kill our main character so we can end this shit. Bourbon Street. She made it. She's back. This guy's got terrible aim. Oh, yeah, she jumps in front of it. <gasps> Zondali wants the bullet. Oh, he's still got very no, bad aim. No, ter- that was terrible aim. Or maybe he was aiming for her. Because if he kills Keith, oh, he, he doesn't, doesn't get paid. Money, right? But like, he, he assumes that she's with him, and so he's killing her girl, his girl. Weird. But she wanted that. She wanted Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. She was dead inside already when no more Theri. How many uh, squares did you cross off? Oh, not I not got, a lot got today. Well, not including the free one? Not including the free Oof. one. I got ten. Oh, wait. I missed this one. Miss Cage drinks alcohol. Duh. Oh, wait. But Cage is an exasperated broken man right now. Of course. Um, he laughed maniacally during the uh, paint thing. I still don't have a bingo. Don't worry. Okay, so I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There we With, go. All right. What a tie. Cage carrying her lifeless body down the street. Down Bourbon Street. And we oh, it's the church. Up. Is it? Is that a church? I think so. Yeah. Uh, Zondali's soul exits her body. There's that cross. I'm going to say, I'm going to look up on Wiki why we think this is such a uh, Judge Reinhold movie. It looks, look at these credits. This looks like it was shown on Showtime or something. Oh, wait a minute. Maybe that's what happened to it. Maybe it got dumped on Cinemax. Erotic thriller romantic tragedy, which is shot entirely in New Orleans, directed by Sam Pillsbury. Played theatrically in some countries, released straight to video in the U.S. Huh. Film steals liberally from Emile Zola's novel and play Therese Rakim. Huh. Um, Which was about two guys who liked the same girl, maybe? I don't know. Originally but. rated NC-17, Zondali had his rating surrendered before release. There's both the original unrated and uncut version and R-rated version. Oh, this must be the uncut version. Almost certainly. International version has a few, bit, a, few, a, bit, a few more scenes, which help explain the characters a bit better than the U.S. version. Some versions have enhanced color as well. Huh. 
How many other copies? Maybe I should collect every copy and do a comparison. 33% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is actually way higher than I thought. Wow. Nathan Rabin, who used to write for the AV Club, called it a perfect vehicle for Nicolas Cage and dug it up as a lost gem what? in my year of flops, which was a really huh. cool column he did. I will say... I'm going to argue that it's a secret success, especially for Cage buffs. It's right up there with Wicker Man mm. on the Nicolas Cage Guilty Pleasure-O-Meter, a mm. lost camp gem filled with inadvertent hilarity and populated mm. by heavyweight actors who would go on to do great many things, including Steve Buscemi as a zany, horny, oddly philosophical thief <laughs> who pops up at random intervals. It was mentioned in an episode of Clark's The Animated Series. Oh, yes, it was, because Judd Reinhold played a judge on that show, and Randall at one time said, I loved you in Zondali, or something like that. that. Randall has seen all of his movies, including Zondali and vice versa. Yeah. And then Judd Reinhold, as the judge, goes, I'll allow it. <laughs> He's really That's a really good cartoon. You'd be surprised. What was the one... What was the movie where there's, like... They're in court, and they're talking about, like, videos that they've rented, and they're like, what do all these movies have in common? They're all Pauly Shore. Yeah, Pauly Shore. I don't remember what it is. I don't know, but Pauly Shore was in... Filmed in the jury duty. Adios, Terry. Uh, I feel like there's a market for this movie, but it's not a good movie in that market. But I could understand why people like this. Like, people who want to put on, you know, a weird drama. The Pauly Shore thing is from Family Guy. Uh, According to the May 1991 premiere movie magazine story on Zondali, Cage was supposed to paint Zondali with red paint. But after watching the love scene prior to this scene, it was decided that a more tender side of relationship be shown. Yeah. So he painted Zondali using light blue and yellow. Right, because Zondali herself turned red during (laughs) that scene. We'll come back in two weeks for... City of Angels, a movie in which Nicolas Cage and Captain Raymond Holt from Brooklyn Nine-Nine sit on a bunch of weird different things. It's a remake. It is a remake of Wings of... Maybe I'll watch Wings of, Wings of Desire by the time we record that. Who knows? Yeah. Um, Check it out. Meg Ryan takes a bath and Cage awkwardly sits in oh, there. Cage takes a dive off of a, a uh, building. But two weeks. Uh, come back for City of Angels. Email us, mailbag at cageclub.me. Have a happy Valentine's Day. We will be back. Go to cageclub.me, poke around. Lots of episodes for you to listen to. Thank you. See you soon. Bye.